1: Hello! I am Anderson Cowan, and I've got a movie to make, and this is Loaded for Bear. Let's make this movie. Week 13 of 36 Weeks. This week, I have a guest on the program. Uh, Many of you probably know her name, uh, probably her voice as well, as uh, she is connected to the Film Vault. And that is Florence Brummer. She became an executive producer on loaded for bear um some weeks ago now and she was in town she normally is practicing law out in arizona but she was in town for a few days and she invited brian and avery and i over to the chateau moment where she likes to stay and uh you will uh, you will hear that interview in a minute i was just gonna have it be that interview but uh, i'll be i'll be uh i'll be honest i don't know if if i if you could tell sometimes where I'm just not well rested and uh, it really comes through, I think, when I'm speaking into microphones and not complaining or making excuses, uh, just giving explanations. And that is this, like our, we didn't have air conditioning here in the San Fernando Valley for nine straight days. And it was, of course, right during the heat wave. So none of us in my house were sleeping very well, um, myself in particular because I already sleep a little hot, gross, I know, but uh, I was just miserable and not sleeping well, and I just could not really speak well in a microphone. And I interviewed poor Florence, because I really wanted to get her take, and I do. I get her take on uh, she was in town... All weekend. And she got a chance to come out to see the born to act players and volunteer with us and play with us and go up on stage. And, and I, we talk about all of that, but I really wanted to get her firsthand account. So I'm really trying to get you guys to see what I see and see what others see uh, through, you know, living vicariously through people, who have firsthand experience with this, with this particular group and i just didn't feel like i did a very good job uh and i and the more i thought about it i recorded it a couple days ago i'm like i i need to do a, a little up top uh, and also i have news that i didn't get to uh with a florence interview if you can call it that because i was not on my game but hey we got uh the air conditioning is fixed now and uh not in the garage where i record this so it's still hot as can be but uh we can actually breathe inside again which is nice so Here's a little update as far as the strike and what it means to everyone what it means to the business, what it means to movies in general and what it means to uh, loaded for bear in particular. So as our genius producer, Robert Jarosinski identified a number of weeks now, a number of weeks ago now, like I was out of town I mean, we're talking, this is like four or five weeks ago. He saw the writing on the wall. He saw what was coming, which was the SAG after strike, which is what everyone's talking about now. But he saw it coming long before it did, and he also identified how that could possibly benefit small productions such as ours. And uh, as you heard, I was pretty optimistic about it. I was talking about it here, and uh, we took the bull by the horns, and we sent out uh, a number of offers and got in touch with a number of people and people's people, and uh, it, it was great. And it's, I think it's going to benefit in the long run, because uh, there's a number of people who I would like to be attached to actors and talent that I would like to have a part of the short or the feature or even the documentary come you know volunteer with us especially if you're not able to work right now come you know teach some of these guys some some of your skills as acting i I'm, I'm all for all that obviously it'll only help the project and the cause uh but so they're all aware of it and if we circle back now it's not like you, it's a brand new project to them which i i discussed all that however now that we're here in the actual strike uh, you know, it's it's pretty heated, and people are taking sides. It's human nature, and uh, there's a lot of hostility and and anger. In fact, when I was at the chateau uh, a couple days ago, there was a production going on down in the garage. And from what I understand about movies and the way they're made and my experience of them with them, i I, I can identify a documentary as opposed to like a scripted narrative. And they were shooting. What very much looked like a scripted narrative and evidently when Brian asked them what they were shooting they said a documentary and I really do think that's because People are afraid of being called scabs and feel like they're, you know, look like uh, they're not on a part of the part of the right on the right side of this so I know a lot of actors and even the representatives aren't completely clear on the carve outs as they're called as Robert told me uh, what they what they put in the contract the negotiations and like I've said with uh, sorry, I'll make sure I'm recording with the strike. They are still allowed to do a select few things Student films short films and micro budgets which are like, you know under a million dollar uh, feature films They're still allowed to do that. None of them What's become quite apparent is none of them have any interest in doing that right now. I I it makes sense It's the first week of the strike and also there'd probably be a lot of, you know, misunderstanding, even from the general public. If they're like, hey, I saw so-and-so, you know, on the street and he was looked like he was shooting a movie, I guess he's a scab. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of concern about coming off as a scab. What's going to – what could possibly happen is if we, God forbid, get, you know, six weeks into this thing – and uh people are you know really suffering especially all the the actors that you've never heard of or the actors that live right at their means you know and they can't sustain their lifestyle because the checks aren't coming in um if it is if it gets to that which is awful for the people working but more so if we have a chance here it's it's not even that it's not the people that would need the you know the few bucks that we'd be able to give them it's the people that just love to be on set that's the actors the performers who just love to be whether it be a stage or under lights with a camera performing doing characters you know reading memorizing lines the people that really just have to act and there's a lot of them out there that just have to act and you know who i'm talking about you know that kind of person i'm talking about too if we get to the point where they're just they're looking for a a worthwhile project that's you know part of one of these carve-outs uh that's where this might happen i don't Honestly, realistically, I don't really see it happening until we get there or people that just, I don't know, maybe do need, you know, enough gas money to be able to get around town for the next few weeks and they could use uh, a couple bucks. I don't know. And like I said, I have a lot of misgivings and it feels, feels a little icky to be trying to get something positive out of uh, something that's so negative for so many people, but that's I mean, that's the only way you can make things happen when you're in certain positions and it's not like we're causing this to happen We're actually giving an opportunity that otherwise wouldn't be there that people can say yes or no to so that's the way I'm trying to look at it. Uh, and I was not rooting for the strike uh, However, now that it's here and and the, all you, all you can do is use it to your advantage. So And what I should have led with probably is uh, it's, it just seems so long ago. It's, it's such a long week, but uh, Mike and I interviewed mary rings who um, is the founder creator runner of the born to act players which the documentary is all about and we sat her down in front of a camera and uh, fired a bunch of questions and she was great and you you never know you know you never know i did a lot of t- uh, camera tests with a lot of the actors uh, many months ago and you get a good idea of how you know camera and screen is so much different than in person it, it really is sometimes it's very similar but a lot of the time you just don't know how someone's going to come off or how they're going to be in front of the camera. And if I had to guess, I would have guessed that she would be phenomenal, which she absolutely was. She is fantastic. Mike and I agree that she will definitely be able to be uh, the backbone of this documentary and the through line. And Uh, we're probably going to sit down with her four to six times before everything's said and done, but she looked fantastic. She, she's sweet as can be. She's telling me stories that I haven't heard. And I thought I'd heard a lot of her stories, but she's going into depth about her family members and she's got pictures and, uh, footage from the, the acting class that she's been teaching from, you know, 20 plus years ago, uh, that we can use as archival. It's, it's great. So that was very, very encouraging. Uh, we're getting another piece of equipment to make it so that you know they're looking naturally, looking directly into the camera with uh, something. It's akin to the Interatron that uh, Errol Morris pretty much made popular, or he might have even I think he created it way back in the in the day. But it's uh, pretty much my face will be on a teleprompter in front of the lens, a transparent teleprompter. So when I'm interviewing someone, they'll be looking at a disembodied head my head asking them questions in real time and i'll be like having my back to them with a camera facing me it's it's all very convoluted but the effect that you get is the subject feels comfortable and they forget that they're looking directly into the camera and if you're lucky they forget there's a camera there at all and they're just completely natural and uh not nervous at all so uh they don't cost a fortune anymore so we're adding that to our repertoire and yes all right so the chateau marmont which is a very famous Hollywood hotel, maybe the most famous and notorious Hollywood hotel. You'll hear about it here with uh, Florence and I. Uh, many, many movies uh, have been developed, written, discussed. Deals have been broked, brokered, many, m- broked. Many, many movie-related things have happened. Many parties have happened there. Uh, it's It's got nearly 100 years of history, and most of which is Hollywood history. They still have ashtrays in this place, because I think that actors and writers and filmmakers go in there and just smoke their guts out and create and uh here we are florence and i discussing our little loaded for bears so uh enjoy florence she's lovely and uh, once again apologies to florence and uh, to all of you for uh, i wasn't my my greatest interviewing self uh, at this particular moment all right thanks for listening everybody executive producer florence brummer who was nice enough to uh invite myself as well as uh, later on uh the boys from the film vault in to do to record some shows so i wanted to have florence on uh this week specifically because she is the first and only as of right now executive producer on the program on, on the movie um she has uh, been a part of the producers meetings uh she's heard all about it from my own mouth about the uh subject matter and the uh Class, and not only that, she was able to attend a class just this last Saturday, talking about the born to act players, of course. And uh, welcome to the welcome to the program, Florence.
0: Thanks. Happy to be here.
1: So, as of right now, we only have one mic, so there might be a slight pause as I ask questions to Florence. But uh, I'll be uh, passing the mic over to her, and uh, we, we can we can get this done, right? It's all about it's all about making. Well, see, you just talked off mic, so we're off to a bad start. We can get this done, right?
0: Yes, we can. <laughs>
1: So I, what I like to do is the whole point of this documentary, and to a lesser degree, the uh, the narrative feature, which is a, a different ball of wax, but the documentary, I want to point out to people what I get from volunteering with this group. Not me specifically, but what people get from volunteering with this population and working with this population. And uh, if it's going to be an effective good documentary, we'll be able to show that uh, through you know, edits and footage and access and, and characters and all that. But in the meantime, the next best thing is to have people who have come to the class for the first time ever and get their take on it. Not to put you on the spot or anything, Florence, but uh, can you walk walk us through a little bit what it was like? And also tell me a little bit about your own um, before Saturday, like your own um, exposure to this this population.
0: Sure. Of course. So I am an attorney and I work out of Arizona and I've done a lot of juvenile law cases. So in a lot of those cases, you may have individuals who are developmentally delayed. And so I have represented folks with different disabilities and have met with them in court. So I have my own very limited exposure, but I have never volunteered with the population and going to the class was really kind of my first exposure for like a big chunk of time, if that makes sense.
1: And I just realized as you were explaining who you are, I I, I did a, a shabby shabby job of introducing you, uh, Florence, dear dear friend of the show. I met her a number of years ago now through the film vault, and now a dear friend of uh, mine as well as Brian's. And uh, it's it's Florence has become a weekly part of my life, which I I, I feel very fortunate uh, to be able to say that. But uh, yes, yeah, so have you? Like, what was what was your initial reaction? Or like trying to. Talk about, not necessarily emotional, I don't want to get like, all mushy necessarily, but like, what were some of the things that you saw firsthand and how it was walking up those stairs and going into the class and um, the first people that you met, That, if you could walk us through that.
0: Sure. The setting was exactly as I pictured it. I, I can't explain why, but it is in a church auditorium, uh, one of those auditoriums that I I'm guessing they also maybe play basketball with in occasionally, you know, those wood type of floors and then the stage with the wood stairs. It was exactly how I pictured it. And everyone was very welcoming. Everyone came up to me. There was the different volunteers there. The students came up to me, wanted to know who I was. And I just introduced myself as Anderson's friend.
1: And also I was a little bit... uh I'm always a little concerned when I've uh, new uh, people come by who have never been in the class as to their level of involvement, because some people are a little stage shy or some people really, you know, especially in a new environment where they don't know anyone. I was the only person in that room that you knew. You had, were familiar with Mike Carano and you got to meet him in person that, that day. But uh, I was a little bit worried about you being put in a position where you weren't comfortable. But uh, Florence just dove right in and was like an assistant, essentially, uh, like she had been doing it for a whole many years. And uh, by the end, you were actually up on stage with my group and you were doing improv with, with us and you were nailing it. And it was just, you're like a natural fit. And I guess, I don't know how, how much more you thought about it after the class or like uh, is it is the feeling you had when you left? Because I can tell you that I miss camp so much. I miss doing camp, and I have this. There's this weird feeling that happens quite a bit when I'm when I'm at camp, and it's like no other feeling that I really get. And I get it in like little doses during the class every single week. So it's like my little mini version of camp that I get to do uh, well, at least once a week, and it's this it's just this feeling of like wholeness almost it's, it's kind of wholesome and it, and then not to get mushy or anything, but you just, it just feels like every now and again, you just feel like you're in the right place in the universe and you're doing something that matters. And that happens a number of times throughout that class for me. So you're out here, um, you know, staying at the, uh, the chateau and you love Hollywood and you love LA cause she lives in Phoenix. I don't know if I, in case for those of you who don't know, she was on vacation. She took time out of her vacation to come on a Saturday morning to come Hang out in like an old uh, church auditorium, like I said, to uh, volunteer her time. But I, I wanted to get the perspective from you, like how you felt like afterwards, if it was something you felt back, you thought about back throughout the day, today, yesterday.
0: I've been thinking about it nonstop since I've been there. It was such a nice thing. Mary is maybe one of the best people on earth. She just runs this class with such vigor and love and you can tell that the men and women who go there how much they look forward to the class and how much it means to them and they love the little prompts of you know now it's time to break up into groups and let's do our stretches and i felt very welcome so i just dove right in and I guess I'm not very shy about that stuff it I I like to like move around and stuff and and I told you before the show I said I also like when people tell me what to do so I just went and Mary was like now you do this and I'm like okay I'm doing this I don't have to make any decisions for myself that is fine with me and yeah I've had a really great happy feeling ever since almost like a peaceful feeling.
1: That's, that's one of the things that I really want to convey is uh, I want people to understand that, you know, volunteering isn't just as simple as it seems like. Uh, and a lot of you who are listening probably know th- this and you've volunteered in one respect or another. But it's not just like giving your time for free. That's not what it is. It's it's, it's something that continues to give. And you know that the people that you're giving to are getting something that's a, a absolutely a bilateral uh, contract of, of caring. And, and you fulfill that uh, if you find the right spot. And this is... This is a great spot. Yeah. Florence was up there on the stage at one point, not only doing improv with me, but before that you were running Shakespeare lines, uh, which Mary does every now and again. She doesn't do that every class. I'm really glad you got to see that. Um, it's actually the first time that we got to document it, but she'll line up like 12 students and or assistants, sometimes parents as well on the stage in a straight line across. And then Mary, who is very adept in the Shakespearean world, which I am not. Uh, we'll say, she'll stand in front of the first student and then she'll recite a line and have them say it back. Sometimes they nail it. Sometimes she needs to coach them through it and uh, give them some notes or you know, have them project a little bit more. And then she'll move on to the next student and do two or three lines. And it's amazing that anyone can memorize that much stuff. And Mary, that's you know she does different sonnets or whatever they are called every single time she does that. I've never heard her do the same one. And uh, Florence was right there at the end. She, I think you had the second to last line uh, from from uh, Shakespeare, and you really gave it your all. It was it was fantastic.
0: I was the last. I was the worst too, and I kept telling, <laughs> <not the worst. laughs> I kept telling the men and women who were the students there. I said, I'm following you guys. You guys tell me what to do. And these individuals are just, they're so loving and funny and flirty. They're so cute. I had just the greatest time. It, it was such a good thing. You could see how it helps their confidence, how it helps them be able to um, talk with other people. I know a lot of times when people um, have disabilities, they might have a hard time with like maybe eye contact. Everyone who came up to me looked me right in the eye, asked who I was. Uh, It was just great. I had a wonderful time.
1: It's a great group, and I hope that uh, I, I pulled enough out of uh, Florence to help you guys see what uh, a newcomer would see, and uh, hopefully all of you will get to see or feel uh, at least part of that through the documentary. So just another uh, testimonial of what we're covering here, and uh, if it wasn't for people like Florence and people like you, I should have led with this, and I say this every week, but if you would like to become a part of this in one way or another or share this project with somebody who you know who might uh, be interested, and that's uh, Loaded for Bear Dock, Dot com loaded for bear doc as in short for documentary.com uh, where you can see uh, all the pertinent information and we'll be adding video clips to that uh, soon here as well. So thank you very much everyone for listening. Florence, thank you very much for coming on the program at uh, kind of a, a last minute. I said, Hey, would you like to uh, talk about your experience just yesterday? And you're like, of course, Florence is just the best. I'm so, uh, uh Mary's rubbing off on me. I'm so blessed to have you in my life. Mary's always saying that. And like, I got, I don't, I, cause I don't have any religion in me and Mary has got a lot and I think you might too. So I feel like I'm out of my depth sometimes, but, uh, yeah, I, 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 I am blessed to have people like you and Mary in this class, uh, in my life. So thank you, Florence. Uh, where can people find you, Florence?
0: They can find me at brummerlaw.com. It has every way to reach me. And before we sign off, I just wanted to show you. What I had done with your script, I had it bound so I could work on it. One of the things that I've been doing as an executive producer is really trying to get involved with everything. So you sent me the script. I had it bound. I have my notes in it. And um, I'm having a good time doing this. I'm like really feeling involved in a project that isn't my day-to-day stuff of going to court and answering 500 emails a day. I'm really loving it. And I highly recommend anyone who wants to get involved in something like this to go on the website or loadedforbeardoc.com and do a donation.
1: Wow, that was a nice plug. Thank you very much, Florence. And I love this is how I work. I, I work with things that are like tangible. And I, I sometimes honestly, I, I just look at my laptop and I dread like sitting on it, looking at it, opening it and knowing that I'm just going to be staring at the screen. I'm much more like pen to paper. And this is fantastic. This is the first time I've seen my script actually printed out this this version anyways. And I love that you did back to back to save the environment uh, on each side of the page. This is awesome. This is great. This motivates me to uh, get to your notes quick, sooner than later. Thank you, because I have like five sets of notes that I'm going to be uh, covering, and notes take a while when you're, uh, you know, doing it. Because I'm already on, uh, I'm, I'm on draft nineteen, but that, you know, goes with me being low OCD and going back to it and back to it and back to it. And I've been working on it for a number of years now. Now that uh, all these new actors are going to be involved in it, I'm, I'm tweaking things and changing things. But great, great looking uh, notes. I could tell just from the handwritten the different colors and stuff. Wow. Thank you, Florence. Thank you for everyone listening. Uh, And we will be talking to you next week for week 14 of 36 weeks.
0: Bye-bye. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Neil. And I'm Ken. And we are from the Triviality Podcast, a pub trivia-style game show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. Join us each week for an hour-long game of general knowledge trivia featuring special guests from around the world, plus tons of extra themed episodes.